Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome everyone to the first live recording of the Vanity Project. Yes. Yes, I have to tell you straight out the gate that I am bizarrely more nervous doing this than I am doing that strange act in basement bars in London with the ping pong balls. Um, This is exposing for me because I like to hide behind the great songs of the divas and the other strange things that I do in my nightclub um, roles. Um, So today I'm going to be trying to have a very interesting conversation with our guests, but also try and guide it in a way that is interesting for all of you to listen to. Hello, Thomas Devine. How nice to see you as well. You know, I'm excited that you're actually in this room because you know that your name is used in a Karen Dunbar sketch. You know that, don't you? You know that. We used to laugh about that all the time. And now she's here. Now we can actually ask her questions about it. Maybe you inspired that sketch. (laughs) Who knows? Now, yes, we do have the fabulous Karen Dunbar who is here with us. Hi, Karen. (laughs) Yes, that's right. She is a Karen from before it was a slur. <laughs> she is an original Karen. Now, you will know that we did have uh, on our roster, we were planning to have Alison Thulis with us tonight. Now, she's the MP for Glasgow Central, um, but some of you might be aware that it was quite an important day in the business of government down in Westminster, and Alison, I think, probably went to the Westminster bar and is too pissed to get on the plane back up to Glasgow. That is unconfirmed, uh, but we knew it might be hit and miss whether or not she made it here tonight. She won't be here which is disappointing because I was looking forward to asking questions on the big issues of the day, such as Ukraine and nuclear disarmament. However, I will be asking those questions instead to Lady Munter. (laughs) And is she here too? Oh, you're right there. Fuck me. Fuck me. Wow. (laughs) You take it. I feel like you're going to flash me or something. Um, We shall see. And how are you, Lady Munter? Now, for those of you that don't know, Lady Munter is occupying the space that we have on the podcast, which is called Queen's Corner. So at the end of the podcast, we always have a drag queen come on to talk about the conversation I've just had with the main guest. Um, Now, Lady Munter, those of you that have seen her before, will know that while Karen Dunbar is a national treasure, Lady Munter is a national trauma. (laughs) If you thought that it would be any better because she's not in drag tonight, I can assure you, nope. And but thank you for being here. And you stepped in because Alice Rabbit forgot that she had her own show in, in fucking Edinburgh tonight, so she's not with us. Long 
I know, sloppy seconds is totally fine, although no one wants to go last at a gangbang. Um, so, uh, without further ado, I am going to introduce our first guest. We'll do this, we're going to have a break after the first interview, and then we'll bring Lady Monteron in the second half, and there will be a Q&A as well, so that you can all ask the pressing questions that you've been dying to ask. Andrew Peacock, I'm sure you've got something you want to ask. Why don't you write it in the notes on your phone? Because after you've had a couple of those drinks, you will forget everything. You'll probably disappear. He'll probably, no, he does that, he disappears. I literally know everyone here, I feel like. Hi, Martin, hello. And Hugh, Hugh was at my show in London on Sunday night and you said you were gonna come here and I didn't know if I believed you, but you're here now. That's very nice. Yes, very good. My parents are also here. They're sitting at the back of the room and um, they don't come to all my shows, but they like it when there's someone like Karen Dunbar here, so she's the real draw. So without further ado, please let's welcome to the stage, and you've got your microphone, the fabulous Karen Dunbar. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Ahern. How are you? Yes. I don't know if... Hi. Are people embracing in Scotland, or is it still forbidden? Um, We've done it now. It depends if there's bodily fluids involved in the embrace, or... Mm, I can assure you that I, I dried up years ago. <laughs> bodily fluids? Wasn't expecting that kind of pattern. I'm away somewhere else. Let's go to Wetherspoons. <laughs> it's kind of like a Weatherspoons next door. Have you ever been here before? I've never. This is what a lovely wee uh, nook this is. Yes, oh, a wee nook. Um, I have to tell you straight, straight at the start that um, I do not have a Glaswegian accent, but I do absorb them by osmosis. So I'm going to end up speaking like you by the end of this interview. I'm going to be talking like that and all that and that and all that. Which is exactly how you speak. <laughs> It is how I talk. Yeah, it is, it is. And it's very warm. I think the Glaswegian accent is very effective. Like it makes people... vanity? Um, space. Um, I grew up in Fife. Yeah, but I don't, I don't think I have a Fife accent either, Karen. I couldn't stomach it. Is Greensmith and Falkirk in that in Fife? Is that Fifeian? It's not, they're not in Fife. No, disgusted that you even think that. How dare you call yourself? We look over the river at Grangemouth and we throw up. Um, <laughs> so that's definitely not, not where I'm from. Now, um, back when I first moved to Glasgow, which was 15 years ago, um, before going to London, um, I'd started performing, and you were already, you'd been on TV, I mean, my friends would always watch clips of you before nights out, because you would get us in a very comical mood. Good, good. But I found working in the bars and, and Dells and stuff like that, that you actually began your career as a karaoke hostess. I did, yes. Uh, karaoke was just at the beginning of the 90s. I keep looking at your mum and dad because I'm just assuming that they'll know things like that and <laughs> other people will be like, karaoke, is that something that you would get in your sushi? But, um, <laughs> so, I'll have the karaoke, please, and a pickled egg. Um, and uh, so I karaoke came out, I was 19, I was working in a bar, I was the barmaid, and the uh, boss says, Karen, you can sing a bit, host this thing. I mean, really, that was the, the gist of it. And so I started to host the karaoke in the bar in air. Anybody, um, air? Yeah? Horrible? Is it oh, terrible, terrible memories of air and fish suppers? What's that, David? Awful, awful air things. Well, we, we can share that pain. Um, and so I was hosting a karaoke, and then it got very popular. It used to be, but they just stuck it on on a Wednesday night <coughs> because there was nobody in, and it was a quiet night, and it was something to do. And they didn't have to. I was getting two pound ten an hour before tax. That was my wages. Yeah. I'm not even kidding you. Um, 
and then it got really busy, so they put it on on the Thursday as well, and then they put it on the Sunday, and then they brought it up to Glasgow, because it was bonkers, do you remember bonkers? Anybody heard of that? Bonkers bar, um, there was one in here, and that grew from there, and I thought, fuck, I can make my own money out of this, <laughs> to about 10 an hour, so I started doing it myself, and Dells was one of the first places that I worked. Yeah, mm. just about to undergo another refurbishment Is in it? Dells. Yeah, it abs- Is it? I might have made that up. Well, you all live here. You can tell me. Um, so it strikes me, I think, that when you work in a community, like Glasgow's the perfect size to get to know everyone. If, so if you're hosting karaoke, but in those days you would actually be familiar with so many people that are part of the community, just locals. Yep, the, uh, there was only a few... <coughs> I'm saying there was only a few gay bars at the time. I don't actually even know what the gay scene's like anymore, and if there is a scene, and if we actually... Do we need a gay... Do we need a gay scene? Right, okay, so that shows just how old and crusty I am and that, like, the gays, oh, I'm a gay. Yeah, um, they're all here. Uh, oh, <laughs> this is the gay scene. Um, so there was Dells, and Dells had, had only just opened. Does anybody remember a place called, oh, Sadie Frost. Ah, but no, it was long before Sadie's, because Dells was before Sadie's, so there was a place called Harry's Bar which was on the corner at, um, at Lauders, so you know the big pub Lauders? Yeah. Fucking, mm-hmm. I'm going to swear, sorry mum and dad, but I'm just sweary, um, and, and as by way of punctuation, so. Um, so there was a kitchen, there was a back kitchen that they decided to open as a gay bar, and it worked. Uh, <laughs> the, the back kitchen, and uh, <clears throat> so I uh, hosted the karaoke in there, um, and that's how Dale's found out about me. And there was the court bar, there was a, uh, Austin's as well. Um, no, does this mean not, I might as well be saying this in Gaelic, just looking at these like that. And this was words, a time words, words. where to meet people you would actually have to <laughs> leave your home, you know, right. which seems quite novel now. I had to go to a phone box to contact people. Remember, wow. you don't even remember phone boxes. <laughs> It's hard to explain to people who are younger than me, like, you know, f- 10, 15 years younger than me, about how if you used to make plans to be somewhere, you just actually had to be there. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you had to actually be there on time. Outside WH Smith, it would be something like that. I, do you know what I mean? I heard somebody say recently, do you remember, remember the times when we, if you didn't know anything, you just stayed no knowing it? <laughs> you know? <laughs> Yeah. What's the capital of Portugal? You like, I, I don't know. Neither do I. Oh, fuck. Doesn't matter. And that, that was it. And it's like, well, I think you'll find that the population is... Yeah. Mm. So the world has changed a lot in various ways since you started out. And I know that in your BBC documentary, um, which is called Cancel... Is it I know. Cancel Camden Bar. Bar. I never called it that, by the way. Mine was like, revere like... and give you all your wages to Camden Bar. That was yeah. my suggestion. No, it's a bit long. It does sound like a worrying call to arms from the BBC, doesn't it? Well, it's it's publicised. You know how you know how it goes. Like try and call it the most sort of evocative eye-catching yeah, yeah. thing. Catch everyone's attention. So, so if you haven't seen already, <laughs> or if you didn't listen to the podcast episode that we did a few weeks ago with Karen, um, the cancel Karen Dunbar is Karen going on a little journey around Scotland to try and work out what's acceptable to do and say in comedy now, because things are different and the cultural climate is different and what's okay or we're more anxious and aware of people's uh, sort of proclivity to be 
upset, offended, mm -hmm. but also because people can now film the clip where you said the mm -hmm. thing that was funny in the room but isn't funny out of context, and now they can post that. So it strikes me that with all these changes, one of the things that might be missing nowadays is that kind of trust that you would have built up when you were in all these bars and local communities and everybody knew you. Mm. So they knew that your intentions when you're making a joke are actually <coughs> just to be a clown. No, folk hated me. <laughs> <laughs> um, that, I, I, I take what you're saying there, Vanity, and you're right, you know, that I, I'd been built up, because I worked for years and years, uh, Sadie's, I mean, I did the karaoke in Sadie's as well, and that was 95 it opened, and I was still there. I was still hosting the karaoke and doing the quiz in Sadie's when, the, uh, when I was filming. So, uh, the telly, I don't know if anybody remembers it, but the, there was the DJ box in the telly where the karaoke was, just there, and the stage. And I was, like, setting, setting up a song for somebody to sing, and then going, oh! Oh, wait a minute! And going like that, and switching the channel on, and I was on the telly! at the same time, and thought like that. What are you doing? What are you doing still in this bar? I was too, I was too frightened. I was too frightened in case I didn't have any work. I mean, it's a long story, but blah, blah, blah. The first year we did Tune of Fat, I left Sadie's. And I was like, ah, that's it. I'm off to Hollywood. I was like, I'm thinking that if you were on the telly for half an hour, that you would be instantly famous. So after that, I had left all my work. Um, I was DJing and doing a karaoke in Edinburgh, CC Blooms. I was DJing in Bennett's. I had five nights a week I was out, left it all. TV show came out, left everything, uh, and once it had come out, I was sitting like that. <laughs> la, 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 looking at the phone, tapping it, making sure it was plugged in, because she had to plug a phone in, and the line was in, like, hello, hello, no, dial, boo, dial tones there, and everything. I had nothing. So, and the money that I got for the first series of Tune the Fat, I was making double that in the work that I was doing for myself. Without that sounding like I was making squillions or anything, but it just shows like the TV money, especially at that point, where we program because it was at that, and and my place in it was like there's two bob and a pickled egg, and we'll get you a taxi <laughs> up the road. Like, Thank you. So I had nothing. I was completely skint. So I went back, but to Bobby Gibson at Bennett's, and was like, can I get one of my nights back, please? Gibson. I know. He's a lovely, yeah. lovely guy. And he gave me, the, all the main nights were away, he gave me up the stairs on a Friday. I was glad to get it, so I was frightened. I don't know what I'm talking about now. Who was I talking about? Being happy, being sad, being frightened, being aloof. It's very brave work to do karaoke. I've always resisted because I get asked to host karaoke sometimes, but I find that I really don't like it when other people sing. Mm. <laughs> Nancy Clench, who produces the podcast, she loves hosting karaoke. Mm. But she doesn't really let anybody else sing. Well, she's in the booth somewhere, I believe. Oh, yeah. She's hiding when she's at the back. There's Nathan dressed like a CBBS presenter. Today. <laughs> <Look>. <laughs> and he's gone. And he's disappeared. And do you miss those days? Well, I know. I love hosting karaoke. I love hosting things. I love this. This is just easy. I'm saying easy to do, but it's really enjoyable because I get to talk about me. <laughs> but that is so, and talking to people and being an audience because I did it for. I mean, when I started hosting karaoke in Bonkers in the Air, I was like this. I was like, uh, hello. Uh, we're going to have a singer. Jean. Jean comes up, like that, pressing a button. Jean's singing. Jean sings Top of the World. I'm like, that. big hand for Jean. <laughs> Next, we've got Jim. 
Jim, that's what I was hosting like. So I'd done it for seven years on, five nights a week, you start to get the yeah. porn, you understand that yourself. So I loved that element of it. What I think would be, I don't know what would be missing the day. Um, I was going to say like the attention that you get with people being on their phones and everything, because really, I don't know that. I finished hosting karaoke t- fucking 20 years. <laughs> 20 years ago, before some of you were even born or thought of. Um, and so there was no mobiles weren't out at the time. I mean, they weren't out at the time. It's hard to even imagine a world before that. So, um, but no, I think, and I don't know what you're picking up, Vanity, but since the, the world has opened up, is that even a phrase? Is that what's happening? But whatever's happening is that we can gather how much we need that. I mean, when the first couple of nights I was out, or just out in company, I felt like I was out my purse on some kind of... I mean, I went and saw two of my pals, and another two pals came out, and I, I remember driving back over the Kingston Bridge flat, yeah. like I took something, and, was, <laughs> and it was like realising how much we need to gather. Do you know oh, what? Oh, absolutely. I mean, the, and so I missed that. Yeah, and I mean... Well, it's a shame we don't have our MP with us today because obviously with Rishi Sunak's new announcements regarding budget What's he and said? I don't know. Well, what's actually, happened, what happened today? I'm quite, happened. I'm quite relieved. I'm quite... Well, see, now, this is the good thing because I was reading about it on the train up and I was like, I don't know the first fucking thing about tax. So, like, what am I going to say to this MP? But now she's not here, so I don't have to say anything about it. Um, what was I going to say? Yeah, well, I mean, I think that, you know, for all that there's obviously going to be a lot of strife in the upcoming period, a lot of that strife is partially going to be the effects of, um, to some extent, a self-inflicted shutting down of the world economy. So we'll be paying for that for a period of time, Mm. but also the cost to people's mental well-being Mm -hmm. of being isolated from one another was enormous. I think we're only at the first nip of the ringer of the PTSD that's to come for being locked in the house and frightened for your life. Yeah. She said cheerily. But I, I, do, I don't think we began to see, I think we're only just starting to see the beginnings of the, the devastation that's, that's to come. And now a song. <laughs> Everybody. That is a bright and cheerful note. Some people said that they thought that the pandemic and the sort of the, you know, that we were confronting the concept of death on a large scale, which mm. we hadn't maybe done as a society for quite a while. Some people thought that the concerns around cancel culture were going to diminish because we had bigger fish to fry. Mm. Um, I don't know the extent to which that is the case or isn't the case. I think it's kind of hard to tell at the moment. I think <coughs> it's strange, in it? Because it could go either way when faced, even if it's a personal thing, so you probably know because everybody will have had whatever traumas or tragedies that they've had in their life that when something really big happens in your life then everything else kind of goes into the distance if there's been a loss or something like that then nothing else really matters but I think what's happened with the pandemic is that we've been stuck so there is a there's no it was like I was I was watching myself I was aware that I was having to moan the world that I knew because I just knew my God, this will never be the same and new normals and things like that it's not going to be like that and I don't think it will I think mm. there'll be better aspects that will come out but there's an awful lot lost as well so that loss, that mourning process I'm getting right into this now into psychology like that. where's the funny things? we want funny things that are comedy like that. no, loss, PTSD, travesty, death um, but 
what happens is that being frozen in that, all the wee things start to, I'm saying wee things, but the things start to come back in. So, I mean, the, the curtain twitching that was going on, mm. and I, if anybody was twitching their curtains, and that's not even a euphemism. <laughs> uh, twitching, twitching my way, I'm to twitch my curtains. Good on you, take that lube. Um, is that uh, that 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 um, that fear and that pain and that moment needed an outlet, and it wasn't getting an outlet. We couldn't go and talk to our pals and fucking try to get used yeah. to Zoom and all that stuff. So it starts to be it's his fault, it's her fault, it's yep. their fault. It's that blaming culture, and I think cancel culture can come into come into that. And that doesn't mean that there's no good relevance in what's what's happening in it, but to the level that it is, I think. Something else going on here. This is unprocessed shit that's going on, and it's not really about that. Well, one of the things that I think is, you know, people need kitchen table talk, which is that type of conversation which isn't recorded, mm. isn't written down, isn't surveilled, where you can just talk and, you know, you discharge some of the tension about the news and about... Uh, the, the changes to rules and you do that with your friends it's kind of a healthy process mm. it's also similar to what comedy is right it's a it's sort of discharging yeah. the built up electrical sort of tension <laughs> that you get about life and because we weren't able to see each other the only kitchen table talk you could have was in a whatsapp group mm -hmm. but there's always a snake in a whatsapp group <laughs> isn't there <laughs> there's always one <laughs> so yeah yeah, and they used to call that washing line therapy as well, you know, which really? was what women would have it done at the steamy or that when you've got to hang out your washing, they would be like, congregate and talk about what was going on. Are you, uh, are you laughing away at the steamy there? Ah, I was doing the steamy. Oh, that's no euphemism either. Right, okay, that's a different thing. See, that is my friend Jay, and Jay is obsessed with you, Karen. Are you Jay? Tell I, me why. Me, Jay Conroy, let's has let, been obsessed let's with you. Let's listen to Jay for a while if he's obsessed with me. <laughs> Well, there is a there is a Q and A, and Jay's actually written you a song, so he might be. Okay. <laughs> you can do it, Wendy. Aye. So that and WhatsApp, I don't know about anybody else, but it's my generation. Fucking WhatsApp groups, I'm, I, I can see that pinging and notifications, and I'm waking it up to like 87 messages, and I think they've all died, right? And actually, it's somebody's lost their straighteners, do you know? What? <laughs> uh, and I'm like, I can't cope with this. That's why I got an a, like Apple Watch so that it could just fucking ping away on me. Like, in fact, I'm a better off wearing it in my pants. <laughs> ah, there we go. We're getting into the right side. That's that's the stuff we want. <laughs> that kind of stuff. We do have a lot of um, alerts now, right? I mean, I think I I actually hate using social media, and I have to do it because if I like, no one would come to anything if I didn't post about it. Mm. But, you know, across Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, WhatsApp, yep. Grindr, anything else that you might or might not have, it's like a lot of... Mm. You f I feel like you're all, people are always trying to get at you. Mm. And just as not talk to you, alert you, an email comes, a text message. Right. Also, I don't like how Deliveroo now sends me non-essential messages. I'm happy to be contacted when the driver can't find the building because mm. he's got my food. Mm -hmm. I don't want them to say that I usually order Indian at this time. <laughs> really? Is that and, what happens? And would I like to order again? I know, I know. It's, it's, it's a bit much. There's something about that um, you're special to us that fucking drives me up the wall. Mm. I really am like that. All, the, all of that attention, uh, the strap line on it is, gives your money, gives your money, gives your money. And I see that all the time. Just during the lockdown, I remember uh, driving to Tesco. Like, I went, there was one night I went to three different Tescos on a Friday for a night out. I was like, oh, fuck this. 
I'm just, I'm going to go to that one. And if they stop me, I mean, see, to be actually living in a world, to have a, have to have a dialogue in my head was of, if the police stop me, I will say. I was really angry about that. I was like, this, ah! This is terrible, and I understand the severity of everything that was going on, but still, anyway, sidebar. Gone into Tesco, and there was a big sign saying, your Tesco cafe is now open, which was obviously before the lockdown. And every time I saw it, I was like, is it? Is it really? Is my fucking Tesco cafe open? Because see if it is my Tesco cafe. I'm going to get all my pals in here and it'll be my cafe. So that idea that this is yours, do you know, and we're, this is all about you. And I'm like, no, gaze your money. Gaze your money, gaze your money. I'm getting quite cynical, bitter and twisted in my old age. And Karen, what, what is, dare I ask, because I, I know my favourite Tesco is the Tesco at St. Wallet's. Do you have a favourite Tesco here in Glasgow? I occasionally, I do like St. Wallet's. Because it's sizeable. Yes, and I enjoy that. What's the problem is, where your Tesco St. Rollocks is. <laughs> <laughs> See what the problem is with St. Rollocks Tesco? Um, is that the upstairs bit shuts. And you can't, it's because they don't, they don't trust the people of Springburn not to lift a television. <laughs> it's true. It's Whereas true. if you go to the Silverburn one, then you can just mosey about. And, uh, and mm. I know, the fact that I know that, I feel a deep sadness but it's, in it's, my heart. It's not, it's not, a, is it a 24-hour one? Yeah. It is? Oh. Yeah. I um, and Asda. The Asda's in there. But this has all been sort of revealed to me during the lockdown. But these wee pockets of joy <laughs> that you're having to try and eke it. There used to be a woman who worked in the Tesco at St. Rollick's called Rini. Aye. Does anyone remember Wee Rini? Do you <laughs> remember Wee Rini? St. Rollick's Rini. I would go in there dressed like this, running a trolley around. Filling <laughs> <laughs> it with chicken after a show with Stevie B. Put your phone down, Stephen. Mm. Oh. oh, my goodness. <laughs> Well, quite right then, Stephen. I know that you would forget anything, so you must write that down immediately. <laughs> so, um, let me see. I have notes here because I tried to maintain some form of structure to a conversation, but I, have no I, idea I definitely need structure. I'm unhinged. So, <laughs> right. So we've covered the important business of Tesco. Um, <laughs> that that was important to me. I was wondering because, w obviously, on the on the documentary. You come to some, it's sort of an open conclusion. I don't know necessarily what your, what your final thought on what to do now, if you're planning to go and do more comedy again. Mm. Um, you know, the American comic Bill Maher, he, who I love, I mean, he's sort of mm. a, a liberal political comedian, but he decided in like 2005 that he was not gonna do any student events. He wasn't gonna go to Harvard and all these places anymore because it was just inviting an onslaught of sort of negatively motivated um, mm. response from the students because, you know, students are like, they want to get up in arms about everything he's saying. Um, so is it possible that if you were going to be making new comedy, you would almost try and safeguard against who your audience is and who it isn't? Is some comedy just not for 18-year-olds? <laughs> 
Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. I hate comedy. <laughs> That's not true, but see the stress that I can have sometimes when trying to prepare it. Now, to be honest, it's an awful long time, A, since I've done stand-up. If you could start the show... That there was no bit of me acting. If anything, I was acting better than I was actually feeling on it. I, I don't use the term hate often. I hate doing stand-up. I hate iTunes. What a fucking mess they've made of that. <laughs> really. It was so good. Imagine calling... Uh, they called it stuff, iTunes to music. Imagine calling a music app music. It'd be like, Warburton's calling their breed breed. Do you know, I'm bread, bread, music, music. It's, so I hate iTunes and I hate driving in Edinburgh. I love Edinburgh, but I hate fucking driving in Edinburgh. It's in Edinburgh, Mark. Oh, no, can you get a chopper me in or something? At times, my Chinook. So, um, so I hate doing stand-up because I feel, A, I'm no versed in it. I've not done a lot of stand-up. and people, So people assume that I have. And so then I feel an extra pressure because everybody thinks it's going to be funny all the time. And I'm no, as you can see. Um, 
I, I'm funnier, I feel like, when I'm doing this and I can just talk and I don't feel that everything's got to go boom, boom, yeah, shh, at I, the end of it. I find the same thing. Like, in a cabaret show, I'll be singing songs and there's, you know, ostensibly, you've got to sing X, Y, Z number of songs. Mm. And so they create a structure where the comedy isn't the main thing. And so then my mind isn't focused on that. And mm -hmm. then I can just be funny naturally. Yeah. And then, then your sort of personality can be deployed. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't feel like... I mean, some stand-up comics that I know, I mean, they've got like... They're so ruthless about their own material. Like, if something doesn't get a laugh once, then that is too fatty for them. They need to cut it. They want their act to be really lean, that everything mm -hmm. is a joke. Bam, bam, bam. Yep. And that, to me, isn't conversational. Mm -hmm. um, God, that's a really good way of putting it, and I've, I've never thought about it like that, and I like, well, I like my fat. So, um, oh, and what was I going to say then? I'm perimenopausal, you know. I don't know if you know. But <laughs> I'm, I'm, looking for, I'm looking for allies. Uh, you know, it's like, uh, hey, what's my name? Why am I here? I'm fat to fat. <laughs> um, but, um, so... When you're saying that about doing the stand-up, so I've never, I've never enjoyed doing that. I fucking can't remember what I was going to say, Vanity. And that's the truth. It was like, fla, 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 fla. No, it's away. It's gone. Well, do you know what, what you remind me a bit of? One of my favourite people in the whole world is the US talk show host, Wendy Williams. Do you know Wendy Williams? I know of her. I don't know her personally or biblically. Sure. Do you feel a bit like Wendy sitting in this chair? Wendy Williams... Um, sort of is really funny but she isn't a comedian as such like mm -hmm. it's not a stand-up format but she'll just she's basically a gossip and her her sort of tone and everything is actually hilarious Joan Rivers said that Wendy Williams is the only talk show host who if the guest cancels she can do the whole hour because she'll just talk right. and talk and talk yep and it's something about like put yourself in in the right chair create the environment for you to then be those yep. things and that's where oh that's what I was gonna say Oh, I remembered. It's in that drawer. You know when you get that? Like, I know what it is. Um, is that when I'm doing this, then I don't have to think about how... In, like You're going to ask me, in, and I don't have to th think about it beforehand. That I need to make sure that I don't say this and I don't say that without sounding like Mother Teresa or anything like that because I know what my intent is. My intent is to come and to answer the questions, connect with you, connect with the audience, have a laugh, blah, blah, blah. I don't need to worry that if I answer that this way, then that might be misconstrued because it's no... When I say it's no in me, I can be a cunt. So, pardon me, but I can, you know, I can be a right... Uh, as can we all. Oh, yes. Um, so, and I mean that with the utmost affection for humankind, right? <laughs> That's just the, the reality is that we're nice and we're arseholes and all that yeah. happens. Um, but if I'm, if I'm writing jokes and it's this one, and I mean, I had to do an after dinner, which is, is more like stand-up, and it's just these one-liners, and a lot of my stuff was fat jokes. And, uh, and that's, but I've been, I've been 17 stone at one point myself, so a lot of them, the one-liners were like that, and I thought, I don't know if these need to go. No, and, and I, I did them, I thought, I don't do that, all, like, don't do that kind of thing often, but if they offer me enough money, I'll go and do it. That's the truth. That is the truth. I don't know. Like, it's been a lovely, lovely night. Well, get me out of here. Whereas with this, you've offered me fuck all, and I'm very happy. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I'm not even because I'm just enjoying I'm wanting to meet you, and blah, blah, blah. I've got, no, I've not even got any to promote. I'm like, it's great. <laughs> the freedom that's in that. So, anyway, and I did the jokes and they went down a storm. 
They went doing a storm. The some fat of the jokes. Aye. I'm afraid it's off to the gulag for you now, Karen. <laughs> 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 uh, gulag, is that a Hungarian food? Um, good. Um, so, aye, the, the difference that I feel and the, the, the lack of stress that I have just sitting here because I know what my intent is and I don't, I feel like, no, if I'm funny, it's a bonus because obviously it's a comedy night and just, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm who I am, whatever that even means for anybody that might not know me. The lassie that stays across the hall, Femi, uh, with the problem with the water and I chatting her down, I went, excuse me, I says, you're water? And she went, I know, it's terrible. Um, and she says, I have emailed him. And I went, right, thanks very much. And she went, I says, because I'm heading to work. And she went, what is it you do? And I was like, oh, it's fucking great. Without that sounding like, or oh, that false humility. But I went, uh, I, went, I says, well, I'm DJing the night. She went, are you? That's really cool. And I was like, you have no idea how cool I am. <laughs> but it was lovely because I've got an anonymity where I stay. Without that sounding like folk are there's queues outside my door or anything. But it's just that. She doesn't know and doesn't care, and she's meeting me as the woman that stays, the old woman that stays <laughs> out at home. Do you know, I was she's on, Scottish, you know, I Scottish came on the train up from London today, I, and I like getting the train, because you've got, like, it's four hours, one hour's for a nap, one hour's for doing music, one hour's for whatever else, right? <laughs> it's very nice. Anyway, everybody had got off at, like, Carlisle, and the little man that was sat over from me, because I was all alone now, decided <laughs> to start asking me questions, and it turned out after not very long, that this was motivated by his desire to introduce me to our Lord Saviour Jesus Christ. <laughs> and he, he, asked, he asked me, you know, he was sort of, do you know the way you know they're sort of leading you along? He's like, have you ever considered taking the Lord Jesus to your bosom? And I was like, is he fit? Um, <laughs> and and he, he then asked me, he was like, so what is it, you're coming up to Glasgow? I was like, yeah. And he was like, and what is it you do? And literally I was like, do you really want to know? <laughs> It's very unusual. It's a strange thing to be asked when you're an entertainer because people want to ask you more questions about the fact you're an entertainer because admittedly it is probably more interesting than talking about accounts or something, except not to us. <laughs> Aye, and the times that if I've been away, because um, there was a time that most people in Scotland knew me, that's changing and there's pros and cons to that and I'm not going to again do any false humility of it's terrible being famous or any of that kind of stuff because fortunately for me as well, 99.5, let's push it to that, percent of people that come up and say something to me is something really positive. So what's not to love about that? Do you know what I'm saying? Oh my God. Oh, I love that you, or I love this, blah, blah. Oh. So that's lovely to have. Sometimes it's at times where it's slightly inappropriate, right? So one of my pals split up with her boyfriend, this was years ago, tuna fat was at his height, and we were sitting having a coffee, and she was really upset, and somebody went just straight across, cutting them, like, oh, my God, to me. And, I, 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 and she's like, <laughs> and I said, I went, excuse me, we're in the middle of a conversation. And they're like, all right, I just wanted to say, well, I really liked it. And I was like, ah, right, well, thanks, but I'm talking to somebody. And that's the most cuntish I've been. Now, that again, without sounding like I'm a really nice person, because you want to ask somebody and I want to want, they're like, ah, I can't stand her. She talks about herself all the time. Um, but so there's, there's been that side of it, but to, to have the kind of other side of going, ooty uh, fame, and then it. And then no expecting to be recognised at the end. And then somebody going, oh my God, again, it's a strange place to be in. I don't know if that makes any sense. People will expect different things from 
comedians, though, I would think. So, for example, if you see a comedian in the street who's made you laugh so many times and you've repeated the jokes to your friends, they f you've, in your mind, they're part of your friends group in a way. Mm. So, mm. you know, you kind of want them to be friendly back. Whereas I always think, like, if I met Madonna, I really want her to be rude to me. Mm. <laughs> I don't want, but she would be. Did you see when she was in Graham Norton and those nice gay men made those lovely little Madonna dolls for her? And then they were like, can we get a hug? And she was like, no. What's happened to Madonna, though? Have you seen things? She's it, gone it away feels she's Manson. went oh, full Kathleen Turner. I mean, I don't know if you get that <laughs> reference, but you're like, uh-oh, oh, oh yeah. that's what, oh, oh, my do oh, hen. I feel like, oh, hen. <laughs> like, uh, can, do you need to talk to somebody? I'll not say um, She's a wine mum, yeah, she is. And I remember during the pandemic, she was having a, a bath in milk with rose petals, telling us how... Uh, how COVID was the great equaliser from her £60 million pound mansion. <laughs> Thank and, you, and Mother Madonna. Year, like, she was under the bed looking for something, you know, a Malteser or something. She's like, reaching under the bed and it's just, and somebody had written that Billy Connolly joke of, because it was her ass cheek sticking up and it was like, somewhere to park your bike. Um, and I thought, I did think, that she can't, she can't be happy. She can't. Can she, is Madonna happy? Do you think she is? No. With all that going on. Anyway. Do you think there's some, so you mentioned Billy Connolly and when we were talking on the, on the, on the non-live episode that we did of The Vanity Project, um, I was telling the story of the guy who got sacked from Asda because he posted a Billy Connolly joke on his Facebook Aye, and that right. Asda's, his manager was like, this is inappropriate because, it, I don't know what it was, maybe it was a fat joke or it was something mm. unacceptable. And I feel like there's something quite sad about the loss of, you know, Billy Connolly's been around for so long, he's like a multi-generational comic, you know. My grandparents would have sat and watched Billy Connolly on the TV, my parents would have sat and watched Billy Connolly on the TV or, or whatever else. I feel there's something lost when, I, I understand that, you know, 18-year-olds might find certain comedy not to their tastes that's from a man who's in his 70s or 80s, but it feels sad that that might be lost, because that's a continuity point through generations. But, and you'll probably be able to answer this certainly better than me, and you were talking about this earlier, Vanity, about um, apps pinging and vying for attention, and it's like, help! So that was a, <laughs> the police are like, we found her! Uh, I'm glad you did that. Um, you can see now that I've not shaved my legs before. Yeah, cactus. Um, what was I saying? You need to help me with that. Uh, Billy, <laughs> Billy Connolly. Connolly. I, and vying for attention is, you tell me, but it feels like that uh, the younger generations watch comedy differently. I mean, does anybody sit down and watch, like, well, here's an hour's worth, uh, uh, I don't know, Ma Michael McIntyre or something like that. I mean, there was a Bob Burnham. <laughs> no, well, just first person to come out of my head, but Bob Burnham, who's quite yeah, yeah. a, um, and so it's he had a comedy during the lockdown. Is anybody sitting down in that generation now and watching that anyway? Everything feels like 15 second yeah. sort of sound bites that needs to be like that. And I'm even watching stuff on BBC One or whatever BBC is it? The BBC. Um, there's a, a new sketch show. It was two lasses. I think it's called Lazy Susan. I thought it was brilliant. Really enjoyed it. But they're only 15 minute episodes. And I thought that's really interesting how that's all changing. So whether or not it's even offensive is like, would we even would we even know? Because they're not watching enough uh, the the whole show. Do you know what I find amazing though? As much as I do despair at social media, I can literally watch people falling over on demand. 
I like I could to. literally Google people falling over right. and just watch people falling over endlessly. And on TikTok, you know, where videos are 15 seconds long right. or whatever, there is something quite like amuse me, amuse me. It's very hungry. Yep. Like people yep. are scrolling, like haven't laughed yet onto the next video, haven't laughed yet. And so I feel like what they want is a response, mm. you know, and sometimes people will settle to, for being outraged if they can't f find something funny because it's mm. still a response. It's like... It's like yep. and activates that, their limbic well, system or something. It, it literally does. Um, blah, 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 long stories. But I, during the lockdown, I was looking at... Because I've started doing hip-hop workshops, and you can tell, <laughs> right, that that's you. Like, I'm not surprised. So it looked like she was going hip-hop way. Um, so like, where is she? Where is she doing it? She's done all that, and then she's done some Shakespeare. Hip-hop! Hip-hop it'll be. Um, so... <laughs> Because I was going off my head during the lockdown, all the live work that I had, I stopped doing a play and this and that. No, I had loads of it, by the way. Don't let me put out there as well that I'd my mansion or that. I'm like, getting choppered out to places. But everything was, was cancelled. Plus, I don't know if you've had this as well, but during that first week of the lockdown, I was, I was like, ah, okay. People I love are going to die. Steady yourself. People I love are going to die and I'm probably going to die, and that's what's going to happen. So that was a cheery week, do you know what I mean? Um, and then and then venturing out the house and expecting, do you know, like, dead bodies, <laughs> I'm expecting dead bodies, but that, that was the potential to come, was, like, there would be plague pits and all that stuff and caps in the street. <laughs> so you're like, fucking, what's happening here? So when, when then I go into Tesco and realise that you can still buy an avocado joyously like at three o'clock in the morning, um, can't remember what I was saying now. What was I saying, Thomas Devine? Thomas Devine, come on now. Where is he? Is he you know, no, Tom, I know Thomas Devine. It's do you remember the sketch in question? Uh, I do. It's where you say... The teacher. You there, Thomas Devine. <laughs> <laughs> Something about a gypsy's haircut. Oh, see, can you say that now? Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what was it? Hip hop. Thank hip -hop. God that one was like hip. For fuck's sake, hip hop. Someone get out of here. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what I was telling you about hip hop though. That's the problem. Look at the nervous ankle starting. Uh, so oh you, were, no. you were busy with hip hop during the pandemic. Aye. Don't know. Don't know. Aye. Oh, I'm I glad I asked. That's what I did. Yes, I did. So you've got lovely shoes. Yes. Um, there was something about that and then relevance. I am watching TikTok and, and things yeah. like that and going to the... So, one of the groups that I've... I mean, the hip-hop stuff's really taking off, by the way. That's a whole other business now. Um, doing uh, workshops with different communities on Zoom and actually being live. So, don't lose your thread, can. The point in that was... Oh, it's tenuous. Can you download my consciousness? <laughs> So no belong. Uh, so you can tell me. Can't remember vanity. Aye. What's your name? My name's Margaret. Margaret, you're brilliant, Margaret. This you're is like, mum. It's like the man with two brains. If I could have Margaret in a jar, like, oh, right, Margaret. What was I going to say? Um, are you post? Oh, really? That's a relief. What about that this has turned into a women's institute um, meeting. Hip hop. <laughs> Aye. It's like if you keep saying hip-hop to her, something will come back. Uh, <laughs> uh, yes. It's going to work with a gambling awareness group, right? Uh, which is, with the, no surprises, the gambling addiction, especially with women in Scotland, online, shot through the roof mm. during the pandemic. 
Um, and so, I it's just, I mean, it's, uh, that's, there's the whole, all the other pandemics that are coming for this. And, um, and looking into the effects that, what is happening if you're gambling online and you're getting a dopamine hit? And they use the same structure. Um, see, with the, the, like when you're refreshing stuff on apps and that, um, that is got, it's the same effect yep. as pulling down on a puggy. Um, yep. And it, that activates the dopamine, dopamine hit. So that's what that... I don't know what the point in telling you about dopamine is. There was a book. Other than it's a groovy song by Purple Disco Machine. <laughs> hey. There was a book written in the 70s, which I have not read, but um, I'm happy to cite in this instance, that I, I think it was called We Will Amuse Ourselves to Death. And wow. so even in the 70s, I, th I don't know, I don't think... Game Boys came in the 80s, so whatever it was that people were playing with in the 70s, was it the Abacus, maybe? I'm not sure. But there was some, something sort of, you know, just, just that you would idly play or do, and there were lots of these types of things, and this whole book was written at that time concerned that we were just going to frivolously yep. fritter away our minds. But what, what dopamine's about? I'll tell you, it's a biochemistry lesson now. See, your dopamine, right? What well, is actually... People think it's the reward system, but it's more than that. It's, a, it's looking for novelty. And yeah. that's why is the attraction and looking at like the, the, how TikTok's so potent is that you're looking for the next new thing. I mean, and that's, that's been there since we come out the trees. Yeah. As you're looking for the next new thing. It's just this is the way to do it now. So, obviously, any event in which I am in any way involved is a drinking affair. So, we are going to take a short break so that you can all go and replenish your glasses, go out for a cigarette and all that. Did I just finish on a fucking dopamine story then? Was that the big end? They need the novelty now, Karen, so they're all going <laughs> to go enough. and take a minute. But um, after the break, we will have Lady Munter and we'll also have a Q&A with both Karen and Lady Munter. So, if you've got any questions, David, maybe you've got a question brewing, who knows? Make sure you write it down and we'll be back in about 10, 15 minutes. Thank Thank you. Hip-hop. Hip-hop. Dopamine. Hip-hop. 24 hour Tesco's. <laughs> How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger. Feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. I love the fact you're so funny, the bag. I don't know. I don't even know what that is. Just that. 